Church family, happy Sabbath. How's everybody doing? God is good? All the time? Uh, so good to see your beautiful faces this morning. We have uh, some announcements as always, and we will start today with Dr. Bob. chocolate in them, okay? And where to bring them. Also, we will need some help serving in the fellowship hall that evening of Friday evening and Sabbath afternoon. So if you can sign up, put it in the offering plate today. The other thing is, as we decorate uh, for the Christmas holidays, we usually decorate 
with beautiful red poinsettias. And if we can pass these uh, sign-up uh, sheets, uh, they are at $10 per plant this year. They are red, and you can pick them up after the church service on December 23. So you can actually have them at home. Now, my last announcement, Brother Joseph, is a little longer. No problem. And this is where I'm going to get serious with the congregation. And I can remember Elder Toppenberg at times getting serious with the congregation, saying if we don't have people to help out in the Sabbath school, I'm going to go do it, he'd say. Well, my concern is, as I think we all know, things have changed since COVID. I was at the Feast of Lights last night, and if you can't, haven't gone to it, go to it. But their attendance is down. And ticket sales are down for our Christmas concerts this year for the very first time in decades. For the two concerts, we have only sold around 200 seats. And we have space between the two concerts for 800. Now there are all kinds of things that we can sort of conjugate in our minds or conjure in our minds. Obviously, with all the money that's going out for other things today, we can't afford to go to the concerts. Tickets are $10, 15, 20, and 30. So hopefully you could afford to come. We hope that you as church members of this Calamasa Church will support these concerts. People from other faiths come and it's a time to rub shoulders and share with one another. And so I know there may have been trouble in iTickets, electronic, I'm not good at electronics. But let me say, you just go to itickets.com and when you get that, you scroll down till it says search and you push search. You then will scroll down some more and there'll be an open bar. You just type in Calamesa. You don't have to say King's Brass, just Calamesa. And it'll take you to the two concerts, Friday night and Sabbath afternoon. And then it'll allow you to pick seats, okay? And then credit cards, most of them are accepted. There's also an 800 number that you can call at iTickets. I advise you only to call in the mornings, Monday through Friday, since they're not on on weekends answering phone calls, and they are back on the East Coast, so it's a three-hour difference, okay? If you have problem electronically, come to the, to the secretary here, she will help you out, and if I'm about, I will help you out getting through the electronics. I encourage you, the King's Brass are nine professional players of instruments. And to me, they do as well as the Canadian Brass and really will enjoy music. Now, if Canadian Brass ever hears that, they will probably come after me. But being 86, they can come after me anytime, okay? So we encourage you as church members to get your tickets this week and um, at least help me rest in peace and sleep.
And as Elder Toppenberg come, says, if they don't, I'll just come myself. Okay, thank you so much, church members. Thanks. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Bob. Now we have another announcement by Lauren Now Narotti. it's my turn. And I need people to step up as well um, because we have church potlucks. How many of you have involved in joining the, for church potlucks? Come on, I want to see more hands. Every first and third Sabbaths of all of last year, we've been having church potluck. Before that, before COVID, we had them every Sabbath. And I have teams that we have set up that have about 10 to 15 members in each team, ideally. But right now, I'm losing team leaders as well as team members. And in order to provide potlucks, we need people. So I do have a sheet. I'm not going to send it around because there's too many things, and you might forget what you're signing up for. But I have a sheet of paper, and I need people to step up and say, yeah, I'll help out with church potluck. At this point, we have eight teams, and I don't know. I know one, one team leader is here. Are there any other potluck team leaders? If you could stand up so we can see. Thank you all, because, you know, it's not such a huge job, but it's a really important one. And if you get a good team, and we have amazing teams, then the job is fun, lots of fun, because we even have families in there that are helping to set up. You get bonded to each other quite a bit. In fact, our singing group right here, we are a potluck team. And the reason we got together was because of COVID. And well, we were a potluck team before that. But the reason we started singing together was that we met at each other's homes during the blackout time every Sabbath. And we did potluck every Sabbath and we sang around the piano. And that's why our group, whenever we're up here, we always circle Mike on the piano because that's what we did. And we're just encouraging you to pretend you are singing around the piano today as we sing. Thank you for that. Um, and if you were to look in your bulletins, you'll see it's, there's a lot of flyers in December, right? This is now uh, my second December here. And there is so much that is going on. And there's so much that our church does during this time. And um, I just want to talk about a couple of them uh, before we end and we continue our worship service. Um, this year, instead of doing uh, Thanksgiving baskets for community service, we instead decided to do uh, a dinner for those in our community that we've been serving on a weekly basis. And, but in order to do that, we need help feeding these people. So you'll see an insert in there. Um, there's about 50 people which we're we are inviting to our church on December 10th. Uh, to be to sit along a side of us to, to feed them a meal during this holiday season um, and so if you want to be a part of that please message Becky you'll see that she's in the back right now and I know she's happy I'm making this announcement she's in the back and she has these pans where you can either make a pie gingerbread some cookies I know you're all all are talented cooks because I've tasted all of your food at this point right so we also, that same food that you feed us as a uh, church congregation, we also want to be able to share with our community as well. So that's one of the announcements. And you'll also see that we have our, 
our committee, our Christmas offering committee met already and we have chosen the projects which we are going to be uh, sponsoring uh, for this Christmas, our Christmas offering. Um, and we, during the December time and Christmas season, we'll be talking about which each, each of them are, but I'll just go a quick rundown through all of them. Uh, we're going to be going to Roatan again in 2024, and I'm announcing that right now. So for those of you, yes, it's very exciting that we're going to be going back this year. We'll, we will have the dates uh, next week, and we will have a bigger announcement. But we have Roatan, the exterior paint of our church. If you guys can tell, it's a little bit worn down, and it is time to give our church a nice upgrade in terms of paint. Haiti Hospital, Youth and Young Adult Outreach, uh, Bangla Health International, our own community services and set free are the uh, partners which we're going to be uh, just give them a little bit of the blessing for them to continue to do what they have done uh, to help people around the world and also within our own community as well. And also for our last announcement, um, this, this afternoon at 4 p.m. we do have uh, the celebration of life uh, for Troy Hooker. So please come be a part of that as well. And as always, everybody, happy Sabbath. We're so glad that you can join us as we say, you know, it's December now. It's Christmas time. And it's just so good to see your beautiful faces. And now is our time to greet one another. So get up, say hi, happy Sabbath to somebody you haven't seen. For somebody who's new, introduce yourself. And we're just so glad that you've joined us this Sabbath. <laughs>
testing, testing. If you can find your seats, please. We're going to sing together. In Jesus' name, we've gathered. Please find your seats. Let's pray together. Gracious God, another week has passed for all of us, and we have again gathered here in your house to worship, to sing your praises, to pray together as a family, to fellowship and share our joys and our concerns, to listen and to respond to your spoken word. What a privilege, what a delight to be here, but so often taken for granted. Forgive us, Lord. And now at the very beginning of another Christmas season, Whatever we do here as a Calamasa Church family this season, be it our way of pulling out all the stops in honor of your son, Jesus. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, may it all be about Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. And now it's time for the children's story. 
And uh, that means anybody 80 and below, okay? Come forward, but as you come forward, drop in your offering for Mesa Grande support. We're needing it and we would like you to give. And we have our uncle here with us today and he's going to tell you a wonderful story about Easter or Christmas or something, something to do with the prayer. Okay, thank you, Uncle. Just call me Uncle Dre. They can't see your money, you have to stretch it out higher. There it is. Awesome. And, oh, here comes the basket. That's what it took. <laughs> Go put it in the basket. <laughs> Takes two dollars. Any more dollars to stretch out there? All right, awesome. Here they come. Last few. All right, how are we doing today? Good. That's awesome. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys have a best friend? Yes. Do you guys happen to have a dog best friend or a cat best friend? Well, if you turn around and look, you'll see one of my old best friends. His name is Ollie. Ollie is really, really awesome. He's so smart, he walks other dogs. <laughs> he licks you on your forehead, and that's why I'm going bald. Um, he follows me on railroad tracks. He even gets confused by my dad jokes. Um, and when I'm really, really exhausted, he just lays next to me. Um, and we go on road trips. We do a lot of things together. That's why he was like a super duper best friend. He poses so I can pretend to be a photographer for models. Um, and then he likes to jump in the bed when I try to go to sleep. Um, and then he lays on me. But Ollie's really cool and I always wanted to grow up with a best friend, someone who would always be with me. You guys ever wanted to like go on adventures with your best friend and always have somebody to play with? Yeah, well, Ollie's kind of like that. As a matter of fact, when I would come home, he, he weighs about 90 pounds. So when I would come home, he'd start running full speed, and then he'd launch himself into my chest and try to make me fall over. It was absolutely awesome. It was the best dog hug I could ever receive, and it was amazing. Does, does your dog do that? Does anybody's dog do that? 
cats don't do that. That's why we're all dog people, right? Yeah, cats just, they, they cuddle, and that's awesome, too, for those cat lovers. But um, I always wanted somebody to be with me, always wanted somebody to go on my little adventures with, to just kind of walk beside me, and as an introvert, not really say very much, um, because that's just my nature. I just like to walk in silence sometimes, and Ollie would be that for me. And I started uh, thinking about this story for you guys, and I wanted to remind you of something. You have somebody in your life that wants to be with you, walk with you, do your adventures, take off full speed and run to give you a big hug. Um, you have a person like that. Do you guys have any idea who I might be talking about? Because it's the children's story and we're in church, so who is that? Wait, say it louder. Jesus. You're absolutely correct. It is Jesus. Now, what's really cool is that he's creating a special, special place for you because he wants to be what with you? Can you, with? Yeah, you said it. I think you said it. You didn't say it? No, I was imagining that. He wants to be with you. You said it. Heaven is that place. Awesome. You get a high five. That was pretty good. Nice. Good job. That was a strong high five. Um, God wants to be with us. And so he decided he was going to build a special place for us and that he could run or we could run and see him. And hopefully we all are healthy and fit and we run to him and give us the strong, give him the strongest, best hug we could possibly ever give. So here's what I need you to do, because all relationships depend on communication, right? You will learn that later. But all relationships depend on the communication. You need to do something. And I need you to do this. At 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, I want you to go run into your parents' room. and <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I want you to go run into your parents' room, 5 a.m., maybe 5.01, let them sleep in. Okay? And I want you to say, Mommy, Daddy, it's time for us to pray. Because we need that relationship. We need to communicate so that when Jesus comes back, we get to be with him. We cool? We're going to do that? Yeah, 5 a.m., set your alarms. I know all y'all got iPhones, so do it. All right, you guys can go back to your seats. church family, will the deacons come forward? It was by faith that Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did, and God said that he was pleased with the gifts that Abel offered and called Abel a good man because of his faith. Notice it was by faith that he gave his gifts. Your planned or spontaneous gifts or acts of faith. Did you ever think of that? These gifts are pleasing and <clears throat> these gifts are pleasing and are going toward the church budget today to meet its many needs. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gifts that we're able to give today. Um, the big amounts, the little amounts that we're able to give, and 
that they are of faith, that our giving provides. Sometimes it's tough to give, but what we are giving will help the church budget, will help the missions, whatever we give, that you can bless and make it go far. Thank you for hearing and blessing what we do. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the Sabbath, as you all know. My very favorite day of the week, and I'm sure that's probably true for most of you there. Why is the Sabbath so special? And it's because it's a day that God has blessed and set aside. He said, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. By the seventh day, God had finished his work he had been doing. And on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And I think that's the reason for all of us. It's a time to praise God, to be filled with joy and rejoicing as we remember how precious the Sabbath is. We're going to teach you a new song today. And it's all about the Sabbath. And it's called Sabbath Rest. We originally heard about it from a group of singers in Australia who call themselves the Sabbath singers so we were going to teach you the the song we're going to sing it through twice and see if you can follow along the words will be up on the screen
join in and sing this medley. It's three different songs together, as you can see listed in your bulletin. Cheer up, my brother. 
church. Good morning. It's so nice to see so many smiling faces this morning. As part of my responsibilities at Loma Linda, I have the pleasure of overseeing our full body donation program we call Bodies for Science. This program serves as a vital resource for our students that are enrolled in various gross anatomy courses from the schools of medicine, dentistry, allied health, and nursing. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of wonderful people, whether it be the donors themselves or the family members. And in 2009, I wrote an open letter uh, dedicated to our donors. Each year, we hold a memorial service to honor our donors that passed away that year. Um, Tell them the University Church here, so that there's a slide of uh, the service from one of our from one year. Uh, next slide, and uh, we have a branch of the military come and play taps to honor our veterans. Uh, next slide. And then during the service, there's a lovely part where, um, so the, the family members of our donors are invited to the service, and the students uh, sit among them in the congregation, all scattered and, and uh, next to the, the family members. At one point during the service, from wherever they're seated, they get up and they come to the front and they grab these flowers and then they go back into the audience and they pass out these flowers to the family members. It's a very, very touching part of the service. Uh, for our service in 2009, I read this open letter and I'd like to read it for you this morning. Dear friend, although we never met, we spoke over the telephone many times. You told me about your career, your family, and your beloved spouse. You spoke pr proudly of your children and their accomplishments. I learned even more about you once I looked over your application to our body donor program, as well as the various letters that you sent in over the years. For your medical history, you listed among your ailments a broken arm, a hip replacement, skin cancer, and lovesick at the age of 14. A big smile came across my face as I read that last one. I remember the day you died. I received the call that afternoon. I proceeded with all of the arrangements just as we had planned and your body was brought here that evening. Now you lie on a table in our anatomy lab, but you are not alone. Our labs are filled each year with people just like you that have made the same decision, the same sacrifice. Some say that death has no meaning, but I'm sure that you would take issue with that. I think of the families that I see in the hospital visiting their sick parent, child, or friend, and about the doctors taking care of them. These doctors possess the knowledge to take care of the sick and injured thanks to people like you. I thank you for your gift, this decision you made to donate your body to science. In this world, it is often hard to think that one person could really make a difference for so many. Thanks to you, I see the world differently, for you have done what so many think is impossible. Your decision has had an impact on me that will last the rest of my life. Words cannot express the gratitude that I have for what you have done. 
Thank you for training the orthopedist who will one day take care of my broken bones. Thank you for training the cardiologist who will one day take care of my weakened heart. And thank you for training the obstetrician who will one day deliver my grandchildren. I thank God for your humanity, your humility, and your sacrifice, your special gift to me and to all of mankind. With your death, you have given the gift of life. I look forward to that day in the new kingdom when we will finally meet face to face. Respectfully yours, Daryl Peterson. As we prepare for our prayer, let's prepare our hearts and let's sing our song. those who are able to kneel with me as we pray. <clears throat> Our dear Heavenly Father, we pause a moment here longer to give you praise and give you honor on this your special day. We thank you so much for the opportunity we have of worship and praise to you this day especially at this time of season when we think especially of your son's gift to us and his birth and, and his life and his death here and in this old world. As the song went earlier this, today, I can tell Jesus all of my burdens, all of the things that we may have that happen in our lives and the various lives of those about us, Today we especially want to remember Brian Shedd's dad and Sid who is on a hospice that uh, they might be able to care for him in these days. We think of Bill and Marie Hooker and their special day to remember in a special way as the gift of life of Troy Hooker. We're so happy to have Arwen Weil back with us today that he has been able to recover from his surgery and things have went well. I'd like to invite your presence also to be with Dr. Bob as the doctors work together to figure out how they can best care for him and the situation he has and a little bump in the road with his heart. We thank you so much for your care and concern for each one of us and we pray especially today for 
Pastor Danielle as she brings us the word of life. Be with her and help her to be inspired as she presents to us a gift. We pray that thou be with us as we go about this special season, that we may remember the reason for this season. May we draw closer to you. We pray in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Chuck for bringing me the small pulpit. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human will or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. In the beginning. Today we are beginning our new sermon series titled Reasons to Rejoice. And our topic for today is God is with us or God with us. And what a reason to rejoice that is, amen? 
this passage that we just read is one of my favorite passages. Like, I don't think you understand that. Sometimes we stand up here and we say this, like there's so many great passages, but this is truly one of my favorite passages. And it's my favorite for many reasons, or one of my favorites for many reasons. One, it reads like poetry, doesn't it? Like, it's just beautifully written. John is a wordsmith, and he crafts this prologue so beautifully. The second reason I love this passage is because it's, um, it reminds me of how awesome and amazing and wonderful it really is that the God of the universe, who created everything, would come down to be God with us. And another reason I love this passage is because John uses so many key words and phrases that were so intentional as he was putting this together. He uses key words and phrases, and of course we believe that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it this way. Um, But these words and phrases remind us that God has always, from the beginning of time, desired to be with us. God has already taken every step possible to be with us in the beginning. And what do we think of when we hear the words in the beginning? Creation, right? Genesis 1. The creation story in the beginning, before this world existed as we know it, there was a triune God. The Spirit hovered over the waters. It's the best explanation for the emptiness and just the chaos that existed in this world. The the Spirit hovered over the waters and everything came into existence Through the word of God, let there be light, and there was. Let there be sky and water, and there was. Let the water be separated from dry ground, and there was. Let the moon be contained in the sun and the stars, and the, let the, let the, let the light be contained in the sun and the stars and the moon reflecting it, and there was. Let the fish of every shape and size fill the waters, and birds of every color take to the sky, and there was. Let us create humankind in our image, to be with us, to be like us, to be loved by us, and to be loved by them. And there was humankind. There was a plan for God to walk with humankind until humankind chose fruit over God's footsteps. And because humankind chose fruit over God's footsteps, there was a plan for God to walk with humankind again. That is what we remember this month, isn't it? That is why we rejoice during Christmas time because the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Humankind would hear God's footsteps again, but not as a loud, thunderous boom signaling God's greatness and power, and not like the rustling in the garden that they once heard, but as the footsteps of a little baby boy. The word became flesh and had to learn to walk to be able to walk with humankind again. Imagine Mary and Joseph's joy as they watched baby Jesus taking his first steps. Did they understand as they watched him? Did they understand that he designed the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments and the bones of the legs and the feet? Yet here he was, one, two, three steps, thump. Six, seven, eight steps, 
11, 12, 13 steps, thump. All to be able to walk with humankind again. Jesus would learn to walk so that God could walk with humankind again, but humankind would walk away because they didn't recognize him. John 1, verses 10 through 11 say this, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I found this um, Christmas stories book by Max Licato, and in it he has um, some stories from some of his other books as well, and I wanted to share this one with you um, because he tells the story of a man whose life was misery, and it says that the days were cloudy and the, the nights were long, and Henry didn't want to be unhappy, but he was. With the passing of the years, his life was changed. His children were grown, the neighborhood was different, the city seemed harsher. He was unhappy. He decided to ask his minister what was wrong. Am I unhappy because of some sin that I've committed? Yes, the wise pastor replied. You have sinned. And what might that sin be? Ignorance, came the reply. The sin of ignorance one of your neighbors is the Messiah in disguise, and you have not seen him. The old man left the office stunned. The Messiah is one of my neighbors? He began to think of who it could be. Tom the butcher? No, he's too lazy. Mary, my cousin down the street? No, she's too prideful. Aaron, the paper boy? Nah, he's too indulgent. The man was confused. Every person he knew had defects. But one was the Messiah. He began to look for him. He began to notice things that he hadn't seen. The grocer often carried the sacks to the cars of the older ladies. Maybe he's the Messiah. The officer often stood at the corner and smiled at the children. Could it be him? And the young couple that moved next door, how kind they are to their cat. Maybe one of them. With time, he saw things and people he'd never seen. And with time, his outlook on life began to change. The bounce returned to his step and a friendly sparkle was found in his eye. When others spoke, he listened. After all, he might be hearing the voice of the Messiah. When anyone came and asked for help, he responded, after all, the Messiah might be in need of assistance. This change of attitude was so significant that someone asked him why he was so happy. I don't know, he answered. All I know is that things changed when I started looking for God. And Max Licato writes, now that's curious. The old man saw Jesus because he didn't know what he looked like. The people in Jesus' day missed him because they thought they did. John 1, 10 and 11 again say, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
People expected the Messiah's footsteps to be loud and thunderous and booming, signifying God's greatness and power. They awaited to hear pomp and circumstance when he came to town and they imagined royalty and grandeur. They anticipated victory over their enemies. But the footsteps were not what they expected. The footsteps were soft, muted by chubby feet and dirt floors. The towns he spent most of his time in were small and seemingly insignificant on the map. He was far from royal, a peasant in fact. His name was Jesus, which means God of salvation. And he would save his people, but not from Rome. The Messiah was different from what people, the people of Israel expected. Vastly different, unrecognizable but his glory was evident to those who were willing to receive him. God wanted to be recognized and received by his people. Jesus didn't sneak around and wear a disguise or minister in secret. God even enabled another miraculous pregnancy for Mary's cousin Elizabeth, and she would give birth to the person we call John the Baptist, and John the Baptist would prepare the way for Jesus, for the Messiah. John would prime the hearts of the people of humankind to receive him. God wanted to be known and understood and received and recognized by his people. John 1, 6 through 9. There was a man sent by God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all may believe. Just some? No, all, right? All may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone. Everyone was coming into the world. God, in, God's intention was for all to believe as a result of John's witness. Jesus wasn't preaching and teaching in the shadows or only to a select few. Yes, he had his disciples, but all were welcome. He came into the world as the true light, full, complete, perfect light, that light that is given to everyone. Jesus wanted to be known. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love this part. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh. Literally, the word tented among us. That word for dwelling can also be translated as tented. And this word for dwelling or tented would have signaled a light bulb moment for the listeners and the readers of John's day. When I hear tent, I'm not not a fan of camping. When I hear tent, I think of Joshua Tree, November 22nd, 2014. I was freezing. It was so cold. I had an expensive sleeping bag, sweatpants, fleece jacket, and it was cold. So cold. The wind was howling nonstop. And the tent walls were flapping, and the poles were shaking all night long. And the tent was doing its best to resist the gusts of wind, but it was losing its fight every few minutes and smacking us in the face. 
I couldn't sleep all night long, not just because it was loud, not just because it was cold, but because the tent just kept smacking us in the face as it collapsed. When I hear tent, I think of misery. But John's listeners, John's listeners would have thought of something very different. They would have remembered the sanctuary that was set up in the wilderness. They would have remembered the exodus and freedom from captivity. They would have remembered God's providence. They would have remembered how God allowed Moses to see his glory just a little bit as he passed by. They would remember God's dwelling place and God's desire to be with them. They would remember God's presence as he led them by cloud during the day and by fire during the night. As the people of John's day listened and read along to verses 1 through 14 that we've read so far, they were being prepared to see Jesus, the Jesus of John's gospel, as divine creator, deliverer, provider, glory, Emmanuel, God with us. They were being shown that Jesus was in fact the Messiah that was previously foretold. During Advent season, we take time to remember the prophecy in Isaiah, foretelling Emmanuel. We sing songs like, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We read Matthew 1 and Luke 2 to refresh our memory about the details. By the way, did you know that there weren't three wise men? The Bible doesn't say how many there were. That was new to me. But we read these stories to refresh our memory about the details of the story of the birth of Jesus. We remember all that it took for God to come down in the person of Jesus and the implications that that had for Mary and Joseph. In my preparation for this sermon, I was surprised to realize that the prophetic name Emmanuel is only found in Isaiah 7, 14, which was Emmanuel foretold, Isaiah 8, 8, just like a chapter later, and Matthew 1, 23, which quotes Isaiah 7, saying, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him, what? Emmanuel, God with us. In John 1, John is describing the fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah. To say the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us is to proclaim that the awaited Emmanuel has indeed come. Verse 14 again, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. When John's listeners heard and read about the glory of the one and only Son, they would have recalled the Shekinah presence of God in the Old Testament sanctuary. They would have remembered how God allowed Moses to witness just a fraction of his glory to preserve his life. Yet Jesus came to reveal God's glory with grace and truth so that through him all may live. If you remember back in October... Um, we experienced an 80% solar eclipse. I think it was called like an annular eclipse. So it's supposed to be like a ring, but because of where we're located, we just had like a sliver, right? So if you remember that um, from October, we had a really fun opportunity to have a solar eclipse watch party here at church on the lawn um, before Sabbath school. And people of all ages brought their camping chairs and sat outside and we provided these solar eclipse glasses, which if you put them on, you cannot see anything, like nothing. 
Um, anyway, so we provided these, and uh, I remember reading ahead of this eclipse that um, if you look at it, it can cause, you know, uh, permanent damage to your eyes if you look directly at the sun. And so as I'm driving from Loma Linda here to Cala Mesa that morning, this, the, the eclipse had already started and I'm like wanting to look, but I, I'm driving and, and so I'm like trying to like look this way and I'm like squinting my eyes and I'm trying to see it and you can start to see like the little notch, but I'm like trying to, you know, protect my eyes. Um, but I'm driving there and I'm so curious to see what the sun looked like. And these eclipse glasses, they're so dark. They're like, I don't know how many times darker than your typical sunglasses. And they filter the light so that just a small fraction of it comes through, um, allowing us to see the shape of the sun safely and clearly. And I think of Jesus kind of like those solar eclipse glasses. Jesus came to reveal God in the flesh. Because Jesus came in the flesh, we are able to see God's glory, to know God in a way that we previously couldn't. Moses only caught a glimpse of God's glory, but Jesus came to clearly show us the shape of God's heart. Verses 16 and 17. Out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Doesn't that just make you want to rejoice? I haven't heard any amens to that. Man, let's, let's read that again. Out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. That is a reason to rejoice. This abundant outpouring of grace over a people who don't deserve it. We've never deserved it. From the fall, choosing fruit over God's footsteps, to the wandering, unfaithful Israelites in the wilderness, to the Seventh-day Adventist church in Calamesa, California. The law, the law allows us to see where we fall short. But God's grace fills in where we lack and covers our transgressions. The grace in place of grace already given reminds us that God has always, always desired to be with us and has always done everything in his power to make it possible. God has always desired to be known by us, which is why God has revealed himself and initiated that relationship with us. We simply respond to the grace that's been given. We love him because he first loved us. We spend time with God because he took every step to be with us. John 1.18, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Moses couldn't see God in his fullness and live because of his human condition. Because of the human condition, Jesus came to this earth to make God known and to give us life. Jesus came. Jesus came as a revealer, showing us the character and the heart of God. Jesus came as a teacher, instructing us about the kingdom and how to live as citizens of it. Jesus came as a savior, paying the price for our sins. Jesus came as a friend, desiring to know and be known. Jesus came as the embodiment of love, a sacrificial love from the incarnation to the cross on the hill. 
Jesus came as a light in the darkness, a star leading us with truth and life. Jesus came to walk with us again. Jesus came to be God with us. Jesus came, and for that we rejoice. I'll close with a quote by Ellen White from her book, Desire of Ages. It's a good one. It says, since Jesus came to dwell with us, every son and daughter of Adam may understand that our creator is the friend of sinners. Praise God. For in every doctrine of grace, every promise of joy, every deed of love, every divine attraction presented in the Savior's life on earth, we see God with us. Shall come.
Let's pray. Dear God, creator of all things, Emmanuel, we praise you, we rejoice because you have taken every step to be God with us. I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that we reflect the light that you came to show, the light that you give us, and that we might um, draw the whole world to see you and your beautiful heart. Be with us as we go about the rest of our week, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord. Um, help us to live as citizens of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.